Welcome to the Resurrected Fitness Podcast, where we walk through all things regarding faith, fitness, and everything in between. If you all have any topic requests, please drop a comment in the YouTube section or send me a message on Instagram. For more episodes just like this, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Thank you all for joining us and have a wonderful day. So today we're kind of opening up a little something different. Uh, Brayden, can you give me your thoughts on what generational healing is? My thoughts on generational healing. Okay. So what does that mean to you? Like a lot of problems that or you know, habits and behaviors that people currently have tend to stem from, you know, their older generations, from their parents specifically. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are walking around broken. You know, they have wounds that have yet to be dealt with. And a lot of it, that's where it tends to stem from. So it's like, how do we how do we heal those wounds? Like, how do we put it out in the open? How do we confront them and how do we deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. And where do you see that present in your own life? It's deep, man. It's- <laughs> I ultimately I think it comes down to like identifying, you know why I am the way I am is that really where it stems from and if it is ultimately it just comes down to having the conversations that you don't want to have tough conversations with those family members um, trying to understand them because you know I feel like for me I I had a lot of resentment built up and that was actually hurting me more and it, it was all for my ego And, you know, I had to come to the realization that, well, they were dealing with, you know, some wounds and, you know, some past trauma as well. So, you know, ultimately it's not all their fault. And I had to accept the fact that it's up to me with how I deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's also one of the toughest things to recognize that people who are hurting you have hurt themselves. Yes. And that's how it's manifested. Hurt people hurt people, hurt people. Like it's it, yeah, but we can't see that through bitterness. Oh. <laughs> and so the the thought of generational healing is that I think a lot of our makeup comes from the hurt that our parents have and what they choose to do with that, how they communicate to us. And yeah. it it creates the habits of you know, whether you can't express your emotions or you're scared of conflict, say in my case. Um, and it it really builds who we are and we have to spend probably the rest of our lives trying to dig ourselves out of these little holes yeah Yeah. so where do you feel like generational healing can take place and uh, what does that look like for yourself but also maybe for somebody else listening well like uh, like i mentioned before is you know i identifying like where is all this stuff coming from you know like just reflecting and looking at myself deep within and asking myself, okay, like, why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way about myself? You know, why do I treat people this way or, you know, whatever it is and identifying that and then ask myself, okay, how can I fix this? And I think like for myself, that's, that's prayer. Obviously, first and foremost is praying those old prayers to God, asking him for guidance and direction for this. Um, I, I think journaling is really helpful like getting it out in the open because once you get it out get it out in the open like that and it's sitting right in front of me you have to deal with it 
And if you don't deal with it, it's going to continue to grow. And it's like, okay, I got to slay this monster here. So, you know, I think community is very helpful as well. You know, plugging yourself in, you know, whether you're a believer or not, you got to be around other like minds, people who are walking the same walk that you're walking. So you can't do it alone. You know, I think seeing somebody, seeing a professional, talking them through it, you know, getting a, getting a view from you know, somebody who deals with this on the regular, who gets paid to do it, you know, seeing mm-hmm. a counselor, I think is, you know, a great, great avenue to take. And um, yeah, and just eventually having those conversations that you don't want to have. And when you have it, you know, like you said before, and we talked previously is just be sure to listen, you know, like keep your, stay calm, try to understand, you know, why, you know, let's just say to your parents, why, why they are the way they are. And then it ultimately, again, it just, it just comes down to how you choose to deal with it. And, you know, I think something that's, should inspire people, you know, people who are listening is, you know, this isn't just about you. Um, this is about your kids as well. Like, mm. do you want to pass on any, like more baggage <laughs> down to your kids that you, you know, already have. So deal with it now, you know, let that, let that drive you to deal with it and heal. Yeah. 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 And with the, the point of prayer and it's so interesting because we spend, I find myself in this spending more time in frustration rather than in prayer about the situation. Like it's so much easier to be, if someone's making yes. poor decisions that you care about or someone did something to you that was not so savory that you spend so much time frustrated about it rather than actually praying for the healing for that person. And it's like, where are we actually adding benefit to the situation? Or are we just being bitter? Exactly. Bitterness. It's not helping the situation. It's only, it's only growing. <laughs> You're not dealing with it, just being angry about it. You know, like you've been angry about it for a while, most likely for a long time. So now let's actually deal with it and ask like, how can I fix this? How can I get on the path to healing now? And what, what am I currently doing about it right now this second? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, generation healing, uh, where do you feel like the other side of that looks like for you? And then for maybe your kids one day just letting go and just staying open because I feel like being hurt like that, it keeps you close. And like, I mean, think about it, like the energy we get, a lot of it's not like, I I would, I wouldn't describe it as physical. I mean, it's love. Like think about it. Like when you feel loved, like no matter how you're feeling and if you, even if you're sick, you're just like, Oh my gosh, like you're just at a high all the time. You can feel that way all the time if you stay open. So when you're closed off like that, you're, I mean, walking around with like a thorn on your shoulder, like you're constantly just like, I don't want to be hurt anymore. I don't want to be hurt anymore. And you're going to pass that on to your kids. And like, they're going to be thinking the same way. They're going to adopt those same patterns and behaviors. So for me, it's just, yeah, it's just being open to love because I mean, love is always the answer. People, nobody's perfect. We are all broken. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you may be hurt. You may be like, why did this happen to me? But you know, at the same time, other people are dealing with, you know, similar occurrences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, for me, I definitely think uh, my issues with being able to resolve and face conflict have come from uh, the issues I've had with maybe certain family members or whatever the case and how I responded to those things and internalized it and found it to be better just to not say anything. And I've seen that play out in all of my 23 years so far. 
and mm -hmm. little situations where I'll, somebody has, I just need to have a conversation and I'll find myself avoiding that person altogether for weeks, <laughs> just for the sake of my state of peace, my, you know, my internal homeostasis, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's because those conversations are hard because <laughs> you're thinking of, you know, you may be stuck on the thought of like, then what could go wrong? Mm -hmm. Like with this conversation here, rather than, you know, what, what could potentially be like come good out of this. Yeah. Like, so we need to shift our thinking towards that. And really like, I mean, I'm sure you've had, you know, tough conversation before you feel so much better afterwards. Always. And like, maybe you can't control the outcome, but at the end of the day, like you can show up, you can be calm, collective, you can listen and, you know, see where, see where it goes from there. Cause I mean, worst comes to worst, you know, maybe it doesn't work out at that time. Maybe that's not the right time for you two to move on from, you know, whatever conflict you're dealing with. Um, but, you know, as long as you're taking steps towards, towards that goal of, Finally, being able to let that go, then you know, like that, that alone should give you peace because you can yeah. you know, ask yourself, like, did I do everything I could to right. try to resolve this conflict with this person? Yeah, I think that's that's so important. Listening for people listening, uh, and and scripture talks about that with you have an issue with somebody, bring it before them. If they don't listen, take a brother and do the same thing. If they don't listen, then take them before the congregation. At that point, you've done the best you can even if they have not received it. And there have been situations where I've advised somebody to say, hey, like have this conversation. I'm like, I don't want to, it's going to go poorly. And then it does go poorly. I'm like, what does that make it worse than it was? It's actually probably better because you stepped forward and you did the hard thing. And for you, that's enough peace. And it should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so, that's a really good point for people to <laughs> appreciate you mentioning that. Take the first step, you know, like slay the monster. Because like if you know you need to do something, do it. Because if you don't, it's just gonna continue to build, it's gonna creep up on you and it's gonna drive you insane. So um, take that first step, have those hard conversations, like get help. Don't start yeah. don't don't sit there in, in bitterness because that's not clearly that's not solving the problems. And you're you're listening and dealing with something like that, like you know, and yeah, been there. So yeah. And we can only we can only hide it so well. And being it's interesting being in, in an industry, I guess, of say bodybuilding, where it's everything is very hyper focused on the training and the nutrition, and it's it's one ball. But it's we all have our own hurt, and nobody's still talking about. And I think for me, the beauty of getting to know Christ better, He kind of helps you see through people a little quicker. Where it's you, you understand where they are falling short in their own hearts beyond what they talk about. It's like they may be very educated, but where's their brokenness? And even the people that are that are, you know, top of the line educators and uh, professionals, like I think they're great, but I'm I'm I know I can be very quick to wonder like how are their home lives, you know. Like, where are the relationships that really matter? Uh, what are those like for those people? And I think that's that's how Christ looks at us because it's like our accomplishments really don't mean anything to him. And so right. thinking back, like, well, what are you not telling me still? And it's a it's it's a very interesting dynamic to be Christian, but also in a, a very secular um, category of life being fitness and then bodybuilding itself uh to know like 
it's a lot of great people, but a lot of hurt people. And that hurts not, uh, that the, the accomplishment is glorified heavily. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I made a post the other day, you know, like it, it, interesting, you bring that up, like same thing, you know, being Christian in this industry, like you start to see, I mean, I feel like, I mean, everybody's broken in some way, but like, I kind of see some similarities between a lot of people like in fitness and bodybuilding. And it's like, maybe that's like the first time they ever felt like they were actually progressing at something and felt like they were accomplishing things. That was the thing for me. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, maybe I didn't feel enough. And, you know, I started seeing myself change and grow and, you know, improve like in the gym and just like my habits. And I feel like I was improving in other areas of my life, but it got to the point to where it was almost becoming my God. Like it was, you know, people say the gym is my outlet. Yes. Like it's stress relief. But for me, it was like becoming almost everything. Like I had to have it. And I had to ask myself, like, what do I do without this? Like, what, what if it was taken from me? You know, then how am I going to deal with my problems? How am I going to deal with all the hurt, all the trauma, you know, everything that everybody's ever been through? Like, how do you deal with it then? Like, what do you have to fall back on if that's taken from you? And that's a question. I mean, even if you're not, you know, Christian or, you know, have faith in that. And like, what, what do you have back to fall on? Or what do you have to fall back on? Because like that alone, like I don't, I mean, I just, I couldn't accept that as my identity. You know, my identity is not a trainer. It's not a bodybuilder. You know, my identity isn't Christ because I know these things are temporary and, like God's not gonna, you know, clap and pat me on the back for saying great, great job. You know, you you trained this many clients X Y Z. You won <laughs> this many bodybuilding shows. Like it, that stuff doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, yeah. But you know, and I and I and I you know again, I think it's healthy to an extent to you know use you know fitness as a way to you know grow. Um, but it is really easy to get caught up into where it becomes a god almost. And, yeah. Uh, really that's not going to like satisfy anybody you know deep down so yeah yeah and it definitely was something for me that added uh, I felt valued in my life like when I was I mean I'm six three and I was real lanky in high school I still kind of am but I'm working on it and getting into the gym it was like I saw I saw Christian Guzman summer shredding on YouTube and it blew my mind I was like he looks nuts and so I got into the gym and then I uh, ruptured a disc in my lower back when I was 17 and lifting was the only thing in my day that never hurt. And so I found a level of value in going to the gym. Uh, but it's healthy to an extent. Like, I think it's an avenue of ministry. It shouldn't be yes. who you are. Yes. And it's it's really interesting because bodybuilding is so regimented with schedule and, and eating and training. It's It's very like it's very self-absorbed in its own way. Like you have to be to achieve what you're looking for. And through that, like, I'm always wondering, like, I know when I'm eating my meals and then usually that might get interrupted by something with say a church event. And um, I got to remind myself like ministry is inconvenient. It's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If my whole schedule is lining up every week, I'm probably not looking out for everyone else except myself. And that's a, that's a tough thing that comes equipped with, of like, I need to get out of what I want in my routine, and I might leave with a situation exhausted, but I also help someone else get a little, little further than they were. Yeah, definitely. And I think it just also becomes on defining balance, like how are you, how much can you juggle with it? Um, you know, because like I, I see, you know, many people in fitness and bodybuilding who, I mean, they thrive in other areas just because, you know, you mentioned the regimen. 
staying regimented like that, you know, I feel lost, like without, you know, bodybuilding, if I'm not working towards something. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had a, had a coach before tell me like way back when we worked together, still really good friends. Um, he's good, actually still a mentor of mine, like with my faith. And, you know, he told me, he's like, honestly, dude, I think you need like this lifestyle because I've seen where you go without it. You know what I mean? Like you fall mm -hmm. off track and everything else. Um, but that alone though, is not like the foundation. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's a form of ministry, I would say. So yeah, it can be used as a form of ministry. Yeah. And it, it's such a fine line to uh, where like, could you really accept it if you lost it? Yeah. Like, say you, you tore your ACL and he's like, you know, that's no legs for however long. <laughs> it's, right, you yeah. actually cope with that, you know? Yeah, I know. I was like thinking of never being able to have a crazy leg day again, which I love so much. It's like, oh my God. But like, I know there's so much more to life than just that. Yeah. Like I know God would, I trust that God would open up another avenue for me, you know, like no matter what. And I finally came to terms with that. Like, this is just came down to asking like, what happens next if this is taken from me? But again, like my identity is not caught up in it anymore. So like, I know in my heart, I believe that I'm going to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a, we had a message at church this past weekend where it's a lady, she was, uh, she had a major stroke when she was 26 and was paralyzed. Um, not, not fully, but she lost some function and especially some parts in her face and she's in a wheelchair. And uh, her point was, it's like, we may struggle, like your life may be hard to the day you die. And we can't get caught up in this prosperity that like, this will find its way. And even in bodybuilding, it's like, oh, I hurt something. It's like, I'll find my way around it. It's like, I may, I may get in a car wreck tomorrow and be paralyzed from the waist down. And now my leg training video is gone my leg days gone. And that's a hard thing to realize of like, can I still be effective in ministry with less? And the reality, I feel like more often than not, we're probably more effective with the least when we feel less capable. Um, it's, it's a, a level of power and weakness, which Paul kind of talks about. It's like, I'm, I thrive out of my weakness. And that's, that's the, the vulnerability of it. You know, we talk about generational healing. I think we need, we owe people the, the diligence of talking about it for us. Like, what does that look like for us? Like, how does our weakness help other people? Exactly. It's like, like, I think as men, you know, for me, especially, it's kind of hard to be quote unquote vulnerable. But then again, I know that me, you know, opening up a little bit and you know, sharing, you know, like what that looks like for me can definitely help somebody else who's struggling with the same thing. Because yeah. you know, today, like we're all walking around with some some sort of wounds, like some sort of trauma. Like you know, everybody's we all have hard lives. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So, like, how can we come together and you know help each other work towards that healing? Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to just having open conversations like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also because we are emotional for support for a number of people, right? <laughs> like we are yeah. a, a a leading figure for a lot of people. Yeah, for that sure. Paying us, and then to hear it's like, hey, we we struggle too. You yeah, know? Your, your ego wants to tell you like, oh, you can't be like that in front of them. You can't show any sign of weakness, but it's not weakness. It's you're becoming relatable, and you're actually helping. Yeah, a yeah. lot more than you think you are. And 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 Jesus was the most relatable person we've ever had walk this earth. Yeah. And. It, it's all comes back to just trying to be more like him and how we represent him and what we do uh, that will show people that we are all broken, but broken pieces come together for good exactly. things.
Absolutely. And side note here, but like following Jesus, you know, a lot of, I know a lot will say like, well, you know, you do this, you do that. Well, I know, you know, it's not the hypocritical thing. Like I'm not trying to be a hypocrite, but all the flaws you may point out, you know, about, you know, Christians, people walking in faith is you, you pointing out those flaws is the, like, you're, you're, you're right. Like, that's exactly why I need Jesus. You know, like yeah. I don't, I try not to compare myself to anybody like, but him, because ultimately like also be like, you know, be more like him, it, yeah. we cannot, it is impossible. Like we, we cannot, which again, which is why we need him. Yeah. And it's a, a constant striving and that's why we do it together. Exactly. You can't do it alone. No. You can't do it alone. You can't heal alone. You can't walk in your faith alone. Um, so again, just being open and having these conversations, surrounding yourself with more like minds will get you so much closer to where you're trying to be. Yeah. And it'd be so good to see, I think, even our industry open up into more of these kind of conversations. As to, like these are behind the curtains of my discussions on hormones. It's I actually struggle with a lot of insecurity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just kind of really breaking those walls down for people to see that even though they educate a lot, they're also very broken in the same sense. And it's not that they need education back. It's they just need love just as much as we do. Love always heals. I mean, <laughs> it's, that's always the answer, you know? Um, yeah. And I think there are a lot of people who definitely need like those walls to cave in and, because you, you just never know, you know, you might like on social media, especially you may think, see somebody, you think, man, that person is thriving. Like you may see like top Gymshark model has so many clients and it's big inspiration. A lot of people, you never, like that person may be suffering in silence because they feel like they cannot be relatable with anybody. So mm -hmm. again, it goes back to having these conversations within the industry. And I feel like more people will be able to open up and finally find healing. Yeah. Yeah, we might be able to create a new standard for how we communicate as coaches between each other and also with clients. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be, well, there, because there is a wall between people that don't know things and people that do. Yes. That, that's is equated through paying said person mm -hmm. rather than like we're all right here. We're all on the same level together. And if we take time to, instead of just trying to further ourselves all the time to maybe even slow down our progress to pull other people along. Uh, and I have to think like about Luke, like Luke spent, has spent so much time over the past year for me, educating me and caring about my situation in my life to where like, I would not be the coach I am without him, even the person. And could he have been further along without me? Like, have I added a ton of benefit to his business? Probably not. But it's still coming back and saying like, hey, I see you. I want you to grow. Let me sacrifice my time and my progress for that. And it's, it's uh, in my perspective, I think Jesus probably would have been more efficient in his ministry had he not had 12 guys constantly questioning him, everything he did and disbelieving what he said, following him everywhere. Yeah. But he took time to care for them and love them so they could pass it on to the world and people we have today. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. It's, I don't want to call it the snowball effect, but you know, you being mentored by Luke, um, you're able to pass on that good information, you know, that education onto other people. And like every, I mean, everybody wins. There's a lot more people than just you who are getting better. Yeah. You know, Jesus, you know, his 
<clears throat> and you know with the other 12 that's the the same thing like, yeah look at now i'm like now it's it's up to us like yeah yeah it's it's a really it's a special opportunity um the yeah, ministry is definitely in, in whatever ministry form that is is it should be inconvenient um, you may have to slow down to show somebody something yeah definitely that's okay yeah nothing, nothing wrong with it i mean it's at the end of the day it's not a waste of time maybe inconvenient but it is what it is <laughs> yeah yeah well i think that's uh that's what we covered for today this should be good um so yeah thank you all for listening thank Brayden. thank you for coming on and chatting about this stuff a little off topic but it was a great conversation nonetheless yeah always a good time Clinton. i appreciate you having me on yeah 